The gavel on the screen should remind us there is a judge and a judgment. Each one of us is on trial, and the day will come when the judge will make a declaration about our claim of faith. Our faith is on trial. Trouble puts our faith on trial. It tests our faith. Uncertainty puts our faith on trial. It also tests our claim of faith. And whenever we face trouble or uncertainty, our lives are vulnerable to temptation. Temptation also puts our faith on trial. So this morning, we're going to consider how faith faces temptation. Open your Bible to James chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, and we'll read beginning in verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. Now, if we look back at verse 12, we see a key word that is characteristic of a genuine believer. It is the word perseverance. As Baptists, we believe what the Bible says about salvation. The true believer endures to the end. We believe in the perseverance of the saints. Perseverance is required only of those who are going against the grain. Perseverance is the friction against the trials and temptations that come to us as we seek to move forward in the Christian life. Someone said many years ago, if you don't find yourself butting heads with the devil now and then, you both may be headed in the same direction. Noted author Eugene Peterson called Christianity or Christian discipleship a long obedience in the same direction. That kind of obedience demands endurance like in running a marathon. Now that doesn't mean we never fail in the midst of that. It doesn't suggest that a person never stumbles along the way. It means that we keep going. It means when we fall, we get back up. We pick ourselves up and we move forward. And it's the same when we fail or we stumble, stumble, so to speak, in the Christian life, in our walk with the Lord. When we fail God, we repent. We're honest with God about our failings and we get back on the right road and go forward. That's how we persevere. There is no progress without struggle. Part of our struggle in the Christian life is against temptation. Now, over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about things that were facts of life in the Christian life. Trouble is a fact of life. Uncertainty is a fact of life. Temptation is also a fact of the Christian life. It's not the experience of some believers. It is the experience of all believers. It never ceases to be a part of our experience. It was the experience of our Lord Jesus himself when he walked on this earth. The Bible tells us that the tempter came to Jesus. God sent him into the wilderness knowing he would be tempted of the devil. Temptation is the experience of every child of God. When Jesus was tempted, it was not once and done. The Bible says when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. In other words, the devil looked for other opportunities. Jesus ran into the devil because he was living for God. If you are attempting to live your life for God, you're also going to find temptation 
to be a fact of life. Thankfully, our Lord knows our experience. Therefore, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.15, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus can help us when we face temptation. Without his help, we will fall. So first, temptation is a fact of the Christian life. Second, temptation is an encounter with the devil. In the book of Matthew, the Bible says the tempter came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. That's the way his temptation began. There is some sense in which temptation was different for Jesus than it is for us, and here is why. Every temptation of Jesus was orchestrated by the devil. It had to be. That's because there was nothing in Jesus to lead him to temptation. He was sinless. He didn't have a fallen human nature like ours. So his every battle with temptation was a battle with the devil himself. The Bible warns us in 1 Peter that we need to be of sober spirit and be on the alert. Why? Because our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in your faith knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. That's 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8-9. through 9. Peter knew this by experience. When he denied Jesus, it was because of an encounter with the devil who desired to sift him like wheat. In temptation, the devil sifts us in order to bring to the surface impurity and all that is ugly and apart from God and put it on display for the world to see. Number three, Temptation is not always an encounter with the devil. According to James, temptation for us is a battle against our fallen human nature. Not many weeks ago, we looked at that verse from Jeremiah that says, The heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. The desire of the heart, of the mind, of the fallen human nature can easily be lured into sin. The Bible says in James 1.14, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. The devil may tempt you, but he doesn't need to. All he has to do is lay out some bait somewhere, and your own lust will do the rest. Like a worm on a hook, temptation will call you, and your own lustful desires will send you in that direction. It will pull you. In fact, the Greek word says you are dragged away by your own lust. So how many times have you been dragged away from God by your own lust? The devil lays the right bait on the hook for the right person. In other words, it'll be tailored to your taste. If you have a tendency to be weak in some area of your life, he'll just leave out some bait that appeals to your weakness. And soon, if not careful and prayerful, you'll be drawn in that direction like a magnet. Drawn towards sin and away from God. Drawn towards sin and away from your family drawn towards sin to your own hurt. The Greek word lust in this passage of Scripture is not necessarily a bad word. It can mean desire, and that desire can be for something good. But in this case, it is desire corrupted by our sin nature. It is desire contrary to that which God wants for us. It calls us, pulls us, drags us in the direction of that which is wrong. So yes, sometimes temptation is a direct encounter with the devil. But most of the time, temptation is me dealing with me and my lust. The devil hangs out the bait. He doesn't need to be there personally. He knows I have a fallen human nature that will drag me away. Number four, temptation never comes from God. 
The Bible says here in James 4.13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Now, does God allow it? Yes, he does. He allowed Jesus to be tempted. He allowed Peter to be tempted. He will allow you to be tempted. But God never sends it. He never orchestrates it. In fact, you will find that prior to Peter's temptation, Jesus knew about it, and he warned Peter and told him he was praying for him that his faith would not fail. Jesus is also your helper in temptation. He knows how to rescue you, and he will help you if you'll call upon him. But God will never put you in a position to fail. God tempts no one, nor can he be tempted. Number five, temptation is a test of faith, according to James. In temptation, whether it is a direct encounter with the devil that God allows, as he allowed it in Job's life, or an encounter with my own lust that dragged me away towards sin, in that temptation, my faith is on trial. I'm being tested. I'm being tested as metal is tested as to its power to resist because its job is resistance. God allows the test for my good. He knows temptation is a fact of life. Temptation proves my allegiance. Am I devoted to my passions or am I devoted to God? In the face of temptation, I need to remember there is a judge watching my decisions. While my faith is under fire, it is also in the fire. Number six, one of the greatest deterrents to temptation is to remember what temptation costs. I don't know about you, but I don't like to buy something and then find out that there are hidden costs. We've all gotten ourselves into one of those cheap TV or telephone contracts that was cheap at first, then became more costly over time. Temptation is like that. You may not be aware of the full cost of yielding to temptation until it's too late. Somewhere lately, I read of a teenager who was dared to swallow a slug. It happened in Australia. Now, slugs are gross, and no one would want to do that, but a teenager yielded to the dare of his friends. Little did he know, or did they know, that that slug carried with it a disease, and so when he ate it, he became paralyzed and likely will be for the rest of his life. Know this, temptation is never going to look as nasty as a slug. If it did, no one would ever fall to temptation. But the end of temptation is even worse. James 1.15 Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. We always lose when we yield to temptation. We lose ground in the Christian life. We suffer a broken relationship with God. We gain a great burden of guilt that God never intended us to carry. We lose any sense of innocence we had before that sin. We lose the joy of our salvation. We lose our confidence in service. We lose our self-esteem because now we walk about as hypocrites in our own eyes and we feel that because we know it and there must be others, we think, that can see it written on our forehead. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the result was death and that death spread into their relationship with one another and into the lives of their children, breeding hatred and murder and even into the world in which they live. That same, thing's ha that same thing happens every time you and I sin. There is a death that spreads within us and around us to everyone we know and love. How has your sin hurt someone you know? The Bible says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all sin. Yielding to temptation cost. It has cost me. It has cost you. 
It is deadly to you and everyone you know and love. In temptation, faith is on trial. It is not just being tested. It is being proved true or false, genuine or counterfeit. According to James, your faith must be a faith that works or it's a faith that won't result in salvation. Number seven, remember God always provides a way of escape. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Jesus Christ is your helper in temptation. He knows what it is to be tempted. He also knows what it is to stand victorious against every effort of the enemy to make him fall. The greatest need you have in your Christian life is to be totally dependent on the power of Christ in you to enable you to live in victory over temptation. Toy with it. Be teased by it. Listen to the enemy of your soul. Advertise the benefits of experiencing it. And you will fall. You'll be paralyzed somewhere in your Christian life because of it. In the book of Romans, Paul realized the great pull of his own sinful nature, and he loathed the influence he had, it had over his life. He raised this question. He said, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he exclaimed, thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is your helper amid, the temp amid temptation. Finally, number eight, enduring temptation as well as passing the test of trial comes with great reward. The late Dr. A.B. Simpson said this about this battle that we have with temptation. He said, The battle does you good. The conflict educates you, strengthens you, establishes you, and is necessary for you that you may be grounded and settled and finally approved and rewarded. One of the greatest results of temptation is that it shows you what is in your own heart. It reveals yourself. Until temptation comes, you feel strong and self-confident. But when the keen edge of the adversary's weapon has pierced your soul, you have more sympathy with others and less confidence in your own self-sufficiency. And you are humiliated and broken at his feet, a poor, helpless thing. And this is the best thing that can happen to you. God wants to disarm you and lay, lay you low and then he can lift you and save you and give you his strength. You have to learn that your only hope in this life is to be absolutely dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ. Standing in his strength, you will win the battle against temptation. Standing in, in some supposed strength of your own, you'll fall, you'll be dragged away. Temptation will give birth to sin and sin to death, sadness, sorrow, suffering, and a multitude of hidden costs you didn't consider when you reached for that sin. Adam and Eve reached for the forbidden fruit at the suggestion of the tempter. Eve was deceived by the devil. Adam was dragged away by his own lust. But the end result was the same, death. All of creation was paralyzed as a result of their sin. The world has suffered from that to this day, but it is not simply because they sinned. It's because you and I Seeing their mistake and the resultant consequences continue to sin. We add to the suffering and sorrow, and the full cost of our sin will not be seen until we stand before the judge with the gavel in his hand. 
Oh, brothers and sisters, our faith is on trial today. Will your faith pass the test of the next temptation? Not unless this very morning you commit yourself to being absolutely dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ.